0: We pray you will be blessed by today's message. I invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn to Genesis chapter 32. I want to uh, take a brief moment to say thanks. To all those who filled in in so many different ways uh, in our absence over these last six weeks. Uh, it was very appreciated. Um, it's a wonderful thing to go off and know that you really don't have to worry about anything. Um, We did return, though, to a note on our door from our HOA that our weeds were too high. Crazy thing is, I serve on our HOA board and had received an email while I was gone that we needed to put a note up on some houses, and I said, sure, go ahead. So, if you ever wonder, is he preaching to me? Maybe, because certainly that, email, that, that note attached to the door was preaching to us, and I didn't even know it. Genesis chapter 32, would you pray with me? The Abrahamic cycle oh God is the one of testing, testing done to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and indeed to Joseph. And as we reach a point of testing in Jacob's life this morning, help us to understand that this is a cycle that we all must go through of testing where we are and who we are that we might align more with you. Lord, help us today to hear from you in such a way that we leave with a limp. Lord, give me the words that are needed those who have gathered to hear from you, as we make our prayer, in Jesus' name, Amen. Life had always been a struggle for him. His mother had reported that he and his twin brother had struggled in the womb so mightily that it was as if they wanted to crush each other. Birth and being out of such a confined spot did not make any matters better because there was a struggle with his brother, a struggle with his brother over and over and over again, a struggle with his brother for his father's blessing, a struggle that was compounded by the fact that His brother was too often impatient and his mother was too often conniving that any peace could be found. Some would say that love is the easiest thing possible, but for him, love was a struggle too. He had to struggle to get his wife and after seven years of labor, he thought he had finally found had been able to obtain the the woman of his dreams, he found out that his uncle had played a cruel switch. And now he was unexpectedly married to poor, unseemly Leah when the beautiful Rachel was the agreement. And so he works for seven more years. And after 14 total years of laborious struggle, Jacob marries Rachel. But even then, the end of the struggles was not at hand. For still he must face a shady business deal on his uncle Laban's part as they part ways and more struggle ensues. A life of struggle as Jacob sits alone here on the bank of the Jabbok, on the verge of meeting his brother again. On the verge of meeting his brother who had said the last time they had seen each other that Esau would kill Jacob. Indeed, word had reached Jacob just that evening that Esau was approaching, and with him 400 men. Why would 400 men be accompanying Esau if this was going to be a gathering of love and sitting down and singing kumbaya? This was going to be a fight. And so Jacob, in all of his conniving ways himself, because a reminder that Jacob's name means deceiver, Jacob decides that he'll pay off Esau. And so the scriptures tell us that Jacob sent little parcels on ahead of him and said, and they say, Who does this belong to? This is, belongs to the Lord Esau. It's a gift from Jacob. You know, maybe we can get out of this if I can pay him off enough. All this stuff I've worked so hard to get, I'm willing to give away if I can just have life and peace. So much on the verge. I, I find it fascinating that here on the eve of his potential death, Jacob sends... In the middle of the night, verse 22 and 23 of the text says, across the river, his family and everything he had. Jacob, here at a time where it would seem he would need to keep his mind off his impending doom, does not seek the distraction of family. He does not seek the mirth of his children or the consolation of a wife's embrace. No, Jacob seeks to be alone. In fact, verse 24 says, And Jacob was left alone. We know this story well, right? We know this story well. We know what's about to happen in the very next line. And and so we want to skip ahead to that line. We want to, to get to the thrilling part of this story where it's WWE Smackdown. But this morning we're going to camp right here for a little bit. And Jacob was left alone. We're going to sit here in the dark, and it's the late hours of the the night, so it's at the darkest point of the night. We're going to sit here alone in the dark and only have our mind to distract us. We don't like this point in the dark. You hear things in the dark that seem to, to magnify things. All I could hear about from Howard Martin as I, after I told him I was going to be camping in New Hampshire was that a bear was coming to eat me. And the first night we get there, I'm in that tent, and all of a sudden I hear something outside. And I said, what's that? And Eliza said it's a moose. And I thought is, well, do moose eat people too? You hear things in the dark. You don't like to hear things in the dark. You get a little nervous in the dark. The dark frightens us. But 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 maybe the reason why the dark frightens us is because that in the dark there's an awful lot of light. There's an awful lot of light when you're just there by yourself thinking, fighting within. Light that shines on things we'd rather forget. Realities that we choose to not accept. Light that burns through the cocoon of lies that we have been able to spin and exposes the pesky butterflies beneath that flitter out and just fill us with all sense of unease. We are left in the dark and the light of dark to ponder all sorts of things like our mortality, our future, and most frightening of all, Our present, our present, where the questionable decisions of our past are being answered and where we know in real time if we made the right decisions. Our present, where the past and the future kiss, but often with bittersweet affections we can ignore all this moment though if we if we just keep busy we don't have to answer whether or not we did the right thing if we just keep busy we don't have to acknowledge that we might be wrong about something and have to change if we surround ourselves continuously by distractions that keep us away from pondering the greater things that are within us, the things that seek to cause us to fight within. Change is unnecessary if we allow ourselves to be soothed by the melodic sounds of diversion rather than to sit alone alone in the uncomfortable silence of the dark and face ourselves Jacob clearly in his actions in the middle of the night chooses to be alone and do you make similar choices today beloved if not what are you afraid of If not, what are you here afraid of here in the dark? I don't like what I might find. Well, beloved, in the dark there's grace. there was no light in the dark, even if the light is something that we don't seek to want to address, beloved, I would understand just being there, but even in the dark there is light because light has shone in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And because there is light, there is warmth, and because there is warmth, there is grace, because there is love from God who soothes us and carries us over the bridges that would seek to throw us down. Beloved, it is necessary, necessary to be alone and fight with all that rages within us. For only then can we come to terms with who we are, where we are, and most most importantly, what we need. I found myself alone a lot on this trip. Now I will say that, that, that I wasn't alone alone. I, I was with Eliza. In fact, I figured out at some point as we were hiking through inner city Boston that this was the most time that we had ever spent together in one stretch without any interruptions in our marriage and maybe that was why I was mad at just that second because we uh, all of the things that annoy us were about each other we couldn't paper over at that point we were just there But I also remember that we had been sitting alone on the top of a wonderful place called Cadillac Mountain. And people have to get reservations to drive up to the top of Cadillac Mountain. You don't have to pay for them, you just have to get reservations and you drive up there to the top of Mount Desert Island, and the views, they say, are beautiful. The fact that you can sit there and look out into this wide expanse of water and the Gulf of Maine is just beautiful. I don't know that, though, because as I drove up Cadillac Mountain, the fog rolled in, and the fog rolled rolled in, and rolled in, and rolled in, and rolled in and so by the time I got to the top nobody really wanted to be out there I couldn't see further than the end of my nose the fog was so thick that it literally formed droplets on my hair it was roughly about 52 degrees There were no distractions. And I was alone. And I just sat there. Couldn't get a call out. Wanted to show my mother couldn't get a call out. I'm just stuck there. Liza left me alone. She went off. She could have fell off the side of the mountain. I probably wouldn't have known because I couldn't have seen her. She just left me sitting there. And I had to fight. We fear the fight. But there is beauty in the fight, beloved. Because where there is truth, there is beauty. And when we come to truth as we fight within ourselves and settle questions within ourselves, the warm grace of God embraces us. Because that's what the fog ultimately felt like at that point. The embrace of God. And I sat there and cried. And I didn't want to come down. We need to be alone and to fight so that we can find the beauty. That we can find the beauty away from our distractions, the beauty of the truth, because then we can have an answer. An answer for what? For what we need and for what we seek. Verse 24b says, And the man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What has been the problem in Jacob's life forever is he had searched for the meaning of blessing. He has wanted to feel blessing blessing within the depths of who he is he wants to know what the father's love is like he wants to know what it is like to be accepted for who he is and that is what he is desperately seeking and even though his hip is knocked out of joint he will not let go until there is a blessing Because he now knows what it is that he's been missing. He now knows the answer to the deepest questions. He has fought that fight within. And he is not willing to let anything go until he gets the answer realized in his life. I am beginning to reach the conclusion that the reason why the church in our land feel so alone and forgotten by God is that we blame God for not answering our prayers. But God knows that we haven't a clue what we need or what we want and therefore He leaves things unanswered because we refuse to fight within ourselves. I'm not calling for a church fight, by the way. He, we, he, we refuse to fight within ourselves So that we can adequately say to God, This is what I need. You say, How do I know he'll meet me there? Well, the book tells you. The book tells you, verse 27. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask me my name? And there he blessed him. God changes Jacob immensely. He gives him a new name. No longer is he the deceiver. He is now him who wrestles with God and man. And there in that moment, he also grants the blessing. The blessing. You know, part of Southern culture is that we have monetized faith so that we can sell quaint little t-shirts that say blessed and highly favored and have zero clue what blessing is. We just use it so flippantly. But Jacob knew the power of blessing and he fought to get it and he got it and it changed him. It changed him. You say, well, what about the fight with God? We're going to deal with that next week. But right now, this morning, I want us to understand that for us to get what it is that we want, and we all want to be blessed. We all want to know that we are loved. We all want to know the acceptance of God in our life. We all want that, and we should fight to get it within us by knowing that that is what we need. That it should change how we walk afterwards. You know, the Bible says that afterwards, in in the next verse, it says that Jacob went off With a limp. With a limp. Are you limping today? It does no good to fight and then forget what you got through the fight. It does no good to to get the scars of the fight and the awards and the accolades of the fight if you do not changed afterwards. Jacob was changed. Maybe you found it already. Maybe you've had the fight and you found it, but you, you are like Jacob because Jacob will go back to his old ways from time to time. If you keep reading, sometimes in the Bible you'll see Jacob called Jacob and other times you're going to see Jacob called Israel. And when is Jacob called Jacob? When Jacob ain't doing what Jacob needs to do. In other words, when he forgets his limp. Here's what I know, beloved. God has great things ahead for each of us. But first, God wants us to enable... God wants to enable us to accept them. To accept them from within. To fight within. To clear out the distractions. So that we know that this is truly what we want. So that we can meet the moment of blessing as a divine point of grace. the most beautiful thing in baseball in my opinion is a perfect game 27 up 27 down no hits beautiful thing some of you don't appreciate baseball I get it but trust me it's like watching the sun rise at the beach if that's your thing or watching the sun set at the lake if that's your thing. It's like sitting on the top of Cadillac Mountain if that's my thing. There's a wonderful movie, the best baseball movie I think of all time, called for the love of the game. In which the closer he gets to the end of the perfect game that he's pitching. This aged old last ball game he's ever going to pitch. Baseball player has all these distractions. And every time he would go up to pitch, he would say the same phrase. Clear the mechanism. It's where the crowd went away, everything, all the distractions went away, and he was able to simply just focus on the glove and the catcher and get the pitch right, and in it goes. There is nothing greater for a baseball pitcher than to throw a perfect game. It is the blessing of God in my humble opinion. This morning, God invites each of you to clear your mechanism to achieve that, to get rid of the distractions, to fight your demons within and find His blessing, the one He's ready to bestow, even if it means you have to leave here limping. Let us pray. Speak, Lord, and move your people. Speak and move your people to the blessing you have prepared for them. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please note our schedule has been revised as of April 2021. Please join us on Sunday mornings for worship at 10 o'clock in the sanctuary at 108 Trail 1 in Burlington or on Facebook Live. For more information and resources regarding our church, please visit groveparkchurch.net. And remember, grace abound.